0: criticism held bonded by our reasons, when will there be a time to love? we make time to debate religion passing bills and building prisons building fortunes and passing judgments
1: Welcome. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a time to love, and we are broadcasting live on InnerLightRadio.com. For those who are interested in sending in any questions tonight for our very special guest, you can contact us at a time to love at gmail.com. That's a T-I-M-E-T-O-L-O-V-E at G, as in God, mail.com or at a time 2, the number 2, love, L-U-V, at hotmail.com. Thank you for joining us this evening and we are broadcasting live. Today is April the 6th. And the time on my end of town is 8.50 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> and indeed, we are running later than our usual scheduled time due to the fact that we did have some difficulties. However, the wonderful thing is that we are here with you at the time that the Creator has allowed us to. And hopefully we shouldn't have any more technical difficulties in running A Time to Love from this point on. But it's always a blessing to join you. And as you know, I am your host, Dr. Tissa Muhammad. And I am sponsored here this evening by a Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute. And I will give you some information, as usual, on who a Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute is. It is our mission statement. And it states, A Phoenix Rising Wellness Institute was created as a a channel to transform those seeking wholeness, wellness, and happiness within themselves. The Institute provides a place where seekers come to fulfill their mission by reawakening their knowledge of self-healing through the way of personal counseling, educational workshops, womb wellness, natural medicine, aerodology, holistic health products and many other sacred tools needed in order that they may heal themselves and thus go forth as healers restoring health to their families, communities, and ultimately the entire planet Earth. Welcome to A Time to Love and tonight's topic is the Art of Spirit. This evening I would like to say that for those of us who have experienced art, One thing that we know is the expression of visual art as we define it for the human race is brought forth through us in innumerable ways. Its symbols and messages give us so much in life. In fact, visual art enriches us, uplifts us, defines us, and guides us in many aspects of our journey. From the first people of antiquity, man has had a need to bring forth representations of life in the form of art. It is known that everything that exists in the physical must first come through the Spirit. If Spirit wills it, so it shall be. So today's topic and guest comes to us with full knowledge of this manifestation. I would like to introduce Brother Kali Kaye. Brother Kali?
2: Alafia. Alafia.
1: Peace. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well. Good to be here.
1: It is good to have you. Thank you. I am really feeling blessed. Those of us who are familiar with art, um, if we don't know Brother Kali's art, then we have not seen art as of yet. <laughs> but Brother Kali, we are going to take a brief break, and when we come back, let's get into the spirit or the art of spirit. Please stand Definitely. by. You're listening to A Time to Love. Thank you for joining us once again. This is A Time to Love, and you are listening to us live. It is once again April the 6th, and um, it is five minutes to the hour Eastern time here. I'm actually looking at 8.55 p.m. for those listening in. So please, you can email your questions to us at a time to love at gmail.com or a time to the number two, L-U-V, at hotmail.com. Brother Kali Kai, what is it that you can use to describe, what words would you use to describe what it is that you do with such magnificent pieces? I know that you've been featured in Essence Magazine, just to name a few of the many places, and a lot of celebrities also have your pieces in their homes or on their person. Please explain what and how this, you know, came into being.
2: Okay, well, um, the work that I do is basically with leather. um, And the work is a spiritual work. Leather is one of the the most powerful conduits for spiritual energy or healing energy. Why? Because leather is alive. Leather breathes. And it's only life that can give to life. So I've been given this gift Uh, of working in leather. But first let me talk about the art itself. Uh, It took me a very long time before I called myself an artist. And when I did realize that I was an artist, it was under certain conditions. The first condition being that as an artist, I do not have the ability to create anything, but I'm a vessel through which the spirit of creativity flows. So for me, being an artist is to be in a constant state of spirit possession that is possessed by the spirit of creativity. Right? And, and another thing about art is that it has, it has so many different uh, 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 meanings for how people bring to art, what people see art as. For me as an artist, I see art as different things to many people, but it's the same thing to different artists which is, it's, it's, it's an attempt to respond to the mystery in life, the mastery of life, and the misery in life. And so everything we do is to address those things. Now, the work I do, like I say, is, is, is leather work, and it's, it's, it's coming from the well of African symbolism. So you find that every image that appears in a bag has meaning because art is language, and is a language of healing. If you look at, at a word, you look at an S, an S makes a certain sound, because an S is an artistic creation. It brings life to something, because everything that has a form makes a sound, and spirit moves in sound. So when you look at the work of, a, let's say a painter, each thing in that canvas. It is a deeper version of words because words, are, it, it, its images, that take on a, 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 a certain symbolism that words cannot convey. That's why the art is so powerful. You see. So the work that I do, I just listen to what spirit is saying, and I try to interpret what I'm hearing. And what I end up with is evidence of my interpretation. And that gives birth to, to to the work I do, which is basically a wear that that has function that pertains to our lives and that has healing
1: i I wanted to get into that a little bit further because you know i remember i mean I've known you i think the majority of my life <laughs> Thank you. and um, I mean a lot of people listening may not actually know that, but I knew you as a child, and I sure do remember. Um, Well, I may not have been that much of a child, (laughs) but I do remember um, coming down to the basement of your home when you lived in Toronto Uh and seeing you in the process of setting up to produce this art. Can you explain the process involved in what you do?
2: Well, the process back then was different than it is now because now I am more conscious as to... The fact that I was given a gift and how the gift is to be used. Um, I, when I, When I got this gift, I was told point blank that I am not to use machines. I am not to mass produce. I am not to put anything in stalls. I was told that this work was not meant to make me rich. It was a gift of healing. I was told that the, the, the work begins wherever the art takes me because the art is a vehicle. But the work itself is a spiritual work. Um, so for me, the process is I, I listen and I take up a piece of leather. Let's say, for instance, someone wants me to do, make a bag for them. I will talk with a person. And in talking with the person, I take up on a person's spirit. Because the best of that person is somehow woven into the piece of work, into the bag, whatever it is. And I don't put it there. Spirit does that. I'm, I am just the vessel. So I listen to what Spirit says. And for me, the ego has to be put aside because it interferes with the work. Because it becomes a difference of what it is I want to do as opposed to what Spirit to do. So now I am a bit more obedient. So I listen to what Spirit to do even though I do not like what I'm seeing. But it's not for me. It's for this person. And I do not allow people to see the work while it's being done. Because, again, their ego may interfere or block their own blessing. You see? So people only see the work when it's complete. And all I would say to them is that, leave it with me and you'll be pleasantly surprised. And so far, that is the evidence because people are always pleased with the end result.
1: I've got to agree with that because um, I witnessed that on a few occasions with people who I know one being my aunt, Jean Augustine. I remember you did a piece for her back in that time, Mm -hmm. and she did not tell you the colors, her favorite colors, and she's very particular about things Mm -hmm. that she liked, her colors and other things. And I remember that what you did give her at the time was very beautiful. Thank you. Um, And she was actually very pleased and um, I wouldn't be surprised if she still has that piece now. In fact, I know she does. <laughs> because she was, um, she used it. It was a bag that you made for her. Mm-hmm. And she used it on very special occasions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she kept commenting on the fact that she never told you the colors, but you used her favorite colors, which were colors that she even expressed in her home, mm-hmm. in her very private spaces, which you had never been to, you right. know. So that was a perfect manifestation to me of what it is that you're speaking of now. You know, <clears throat> I know that um, one of my, uh, actually my sister Akua, mm-hmm. uh, purchased something from you, and um, I know you produce art that is worn. Mm-hmm. And there was a pouch that she purchased from you, and she said that it was something that it immediately caught her attention, and it truly symbolized who she was at the time. Mm-hmm. It had the number of calories that were very sacred to her. Uh-huh. It had the Janami symbol. It also had the Akuba doll right. and the colors that symbolized her particular energy. Uh-huh. Can you tell us about these pieces and what they mean to the people who receive them? I know you spoke about the healing energy of them, but when you put these formulas together, do you yourself understand the formulations that you're putting together after you've created them, or are you left still trying to understand why you did what you did at that point?
2: Well, yes and no. Um, now I am, I am more aware because now it has been shown to me um, exactly what it is I've been given and how it is to be used. And again, because of my uh, different initiations in uh, African secret science through IFA, which is the Yoga belief system, my eyes are more open to what's taking place. But at the same time, when I, let's, let's look at a typical show that I may do. I, I may do a show and people come into the, to the space and they, they talk about the energy they feel. A person may, may be drawn to a particular piece and I will look at the play that's taking place between the person and the piece they're interested in. They may go straight to a piece and they may ask about it. Mm-hmm. And I may tell them certain things and then they may go to another piece They may even leave and come back. But I already know that each piece I do is made for a particular person. And I'm the custodian until that person comes for the piece. So I'm looking at this this dance between the person's spirit and the spirit that's coming out of of the piece. And eventually, they come back and they get that piece. Mm. And then I tell them in greater detail now, I tell them exactly what the symbols on a piece means. Right now, I do a lot of pieces dealing with uh, symbolism of the Yoruba people. Basically, the Orishas, I may use Udus. Udus is the sacred text of Ifa. I may use different Udus in a piece. And of course, let's say in, in, in terms of Ushun, I may do pieces with um, with number five or five curry shells. I may do pieces for issue with like three curry shells, half red, half black, or half white and black, and stuff like that. And when people come into this space and they see, they, they, they see a piece, they go straight up to take a piece that they like. Because the spirit in the piece and the spirit of the person, there's harmony. You see? So when I, whenever I see stuff like that, people ask me, after I do a show, was the show successful? I say, yes, it was. Because the reason for me going to that show had been accomplished. It, mm-hmm. The shows may not be a financial success, but again, I wasn't given the gift for that. You see? Yes. Because what money does not motivate or inspire me. Okay. It is a compensation for doing what I've been brought here to do. You see? And because I have stayed to my instruction, I am seeing the blessings. Like when that person walks away, I could feel a lightness in that person. You see? When people talk about the pieces that they have had and they want to add more to it, I I I, I connect. Because you see, I see the importance of what I do through the eyes of other people. You yes. see? And that helps me to understand more and more and to be talking more confidence into what I am doing.
1: I hear you speaking about the pieces being used to heal. And I know you sort of touched on that a little bit in terms of that, you know, the lightness of that person. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I do understand that, you know, where they talk about that everything, you know, that we see is not for us. There's Mm -hmm. something specifically for us, which, of course, we were told about long before we came into this planet, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, You know, of course, when we were here at the beginning of time, we knew what was for us specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, in each journey that we had to make in our walk. So my question to you is, how can art be used to heal and if not just art but your art specifically
2: when I um, when I first started working on the leather I was very much aware that at the same time something was working on me and it continues to work on me because basically art is is not the end product it's, for me so it's a process that is, that is the way healing takes place. A person, if you, if you have a child, and this goes back to my childhood, whenever I was um, scolded or whenever I didn't feel as though I was being heard or, or given the opportunity to speak how, about how I felt, I felt myself very lonely and very alone. And that is when I will go and look for, for things around the yard. I may look at it, look, pick up a leaf. And all I seen in the leaf is just the, the ribs of the leaf. The green has all, had all gone. And I picked that up. And I put all these things in a box. And then one day I'll go to the box and pick up the box and I'll do a collage. You see? And in doing that, I felt as though I, was, I had value. I felt as though I had purpose. Hmm. You see? So it took away all of that loneliness and all of that aloneness. Because now I was tapping, I mean, I could not t- articulate it back then, but it was still happening to me. I, I felt as though I belonged to something bigger, that there was something bigger than me that had its hand on me. You see? Yes. And that right there is how art is used to heal. Because we, we, we tapping into spirit, because art cannot, cannot be anything other than spirit. Whenever when we don't see it, it's because the ego blocks us from seeing it. I did a bag for a sister in Toronto many, many years ago. And she told me, this was her experience, she told me that one morning she didn't feel like going to work. But she said she looked at the bag sitting on on the table. And she said, you know what, let me get up and go to work. So eventually she went to work. And the whole day at work was miserable. And she said to herself, yes, she'd already stay home. But on her way home from work, someone saw the bag. And complimented her on the bag, and she said instantly, she felt a hundred percent better. Because you see, the thing is, because the bag was made for her, with her energy in the bag, with, with, the, with the best of herself in the bag, the person complimenting her on the bag thought of brought back to life. Part of the leather was taken from the person carrying the bag, so the person felt a hundred percent again. You see. Mm. And that is that's how art becomes medicine. Mm. you follow yes, yes,
1: you know the the way that you're speaking of this you know i'm I think about those who are listening in to us in this conversation this evening, and the fact that you're now expanding our definitions of art and okay. of medicine because I know we are very limited in our view of medicine. You know, to some of us, medicine is in a bottle marked aspirin. Right. Whereas to others, medicine is in everything. Life is medicine. Holding a child is medicine. Laughter is medicine, as we hear, you know, that old adage. And my next question to you as we redefine art and redefine medicine and also spirit and how spirit is interconnected with all of these things. My question to you is, how important is the alignment of the spiritual and the physical in producing
2: art? Well, from from my experience, um, I don't think it's that important, because you see, many times, the artist is very wounded. Um, Whenever you look at any spiritual belief, right? You find that there's always an element of sacrifice. Uh, for those who, who are Christians, the ultimate sacrifice was the sacrifice of a human being uh, in order for, for good to come about. Now, an artist is always that human sacrifice because we give so much of our, ourselves or others, sometimes, and, and that's why people use the phrase so often, um, the starving artist. You see? So, when the individual decide to do a piece of work, many times the work is like a graph of where that person is, wounds, and everything else. So, at the end of a piece of work... That is where you find that um, there will be a greater alignment between the spiritual and the physical. The only difference being that many artists are not theirs yet because the ego is still interfering with that journey, with that process. You see, whenever we get caught up in the I create this and I create that, we, we block the passage of that spirit that is actually creating the things. You see, once we see ourselves as as the vessel, as something that's being poured in and through, eventually, the thing that's being poured in helps to clean the vessel.
0: Hmm.
2: You see, thereby bringing up all that, that alignment that you that you speak about of the spiritual and the physical.
1: Hmm. Very beautiful analogy. Um, hmm. If you could get a little bit further into it, I know you discussed now when we're bringing the spiritual and the physical together to some degree with that alignment, as you just stated. My question to you is, you spoke about some of the emotional responses, like of the woman who was depressed or down, Mm -hmm. and how the art gave her new meaning. Mm -hmm. My next question to you is about the emotional responses from viewers uh, of your pieces, what have you noticed has been the responses of people um, who gather at different events that you host?
2: Um, (laughs) The response is sometimes sometimes very frightening. Um, Frightening because, you see, once you start dealing in... um, Something bigger than yourself and conscious of it, it, it has a big responsibility. Right? When I first started doing shows, um, one woman in Toronto said to me, This, I, that, the, I, this was one that I just at a, a, a small table. Mm-hmm. She came and she looked at the work and she said to me, you, 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 You're very clean. Are you? I said, What do you mean? And this was an elder woman. Eh? I said, What do you mean? She said, I'm looking, I'm looking at your work. And, I mean, you've got to be very clean to do the work. That, resi- re- that registered in me. The fact that a total stranger could look at something mm. and say something like that. If I was not um, a very clean person, at that point, I would, be- would have begun the journey of being clean. Mm. See because I understood the impact. Now I understand the responsibility uh whenever I do a show because of because of what is being brought to the people. Yes. I am not knowing how the people will respond. So I have to be I have to be there open for whatever happens. I have to be there listening to whatever the person has to say. I I have a lot of pieces dealing with Mayaafa, the great catastrophe, the the statement of African people, and um, sometimes people react in different ways to pieces like that. They want to know why it is that I I have pieces like that. You see, Um, sometimes people see it and they try not not to see it. They try not to respond or or to react. But even in the non reaction, there is a reaction. Yes. And I look at all of this and I I understand responsibility that I have. Sometimes to explain to people why that is necessary. You see, because of artists, we always have to to respond to what is happening. And for me, I mean, I am I am just a just a voice, just a tool, chipping away at this thing we call we call slavery, so that humanity can heal itself. You see, and that that's what art is. You know, art. Just to put it in a, in a very simple way, um we, we 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 are all we are all ingredients to be used by a master chef. Mm. But the thing is, we do not know at what point the master chef will pick up a certain ingredient to put in 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 the dish. So we all have to be at the best that we can be at all times. If we are not and the master sheriff picks up this ingredient, it could, it could spoil the whole dish. And this dish is actually humanity. You see? Right. And so when people respond in all different kind of ways, but all that tells me is that I am on target. I am doing what it is I'm here to do. Yeah. Because people's response tells me that. Um, the fact that people will keep going and coming and going and coming, And the things that they will say, I I listen to what they say to fuel the fire that produces the work, as opposed to listen to what they say um, with the ego. Because I try not to give my ego wings, because it could take the work in a different place. Uh, It could eventually allow me to abuse the gift that I've been given.
1: Well, those of us who are listening into this beautiful conversation, we are listening to Brother Kali Kahi. He is a spiritual artist, and we are listening to the process that he goes through in creating such beautiful works, or being used actually as a tool, to bring forth magnificent pieces of art. Um, and I will give out the email address for those who are interested if you would like to ask any questions, please feel free to email us. We are live it is April the sixth. My time now is nine nineteen p m um, eastern Standard time and the email address is a time to love at gmail dot com that's a t i m e l o v e at G-M-A-I-L dot com. And we have another address, of course, a time, the number two, L-U-V at hotmail.com. So please feel free to email any questions you have for our very special guest. Just to discuss the art that is um, that has come through Brother Kali these are the pieces that you, we've seen, the molded bags. You, you'll see some of these very molded, mask-looking types of bags. Hmm. And these are some of the pieces that he has been used to create, as well as beautiful. Oh, gosh, Kali, you have to help me, because I've seen so many pieces of yours, and they're, they're definitely enticing when you look at them. But what we're going to do is we are going to take a brief break, and when we return, we're going to continue this insightful conversation with Brother Kali Kaye. We're breaking with my one of my favorite songs, Daddy Love by Fatima Lowe. So please stay tuned, and when we return, we'll be back in the conference room talking to Brother Kali Kaye. Peace. Thank you. My daddy loves me and he loves you too. And
0: if we is do we do what we while in his name it that doesn't make, make any sense, sense. No, And what about the other things that we do Discriminate and hate the name of you And like I said, nobody ever wins Cause at the end of every day we're all his children E-A-D-E-Y-L-D-E Just wanna make him smile I wanna see my daddy smile. mine If close to You I'm like you, we ain't down anymore. I might not look at things the way that you do, so you're I I need need uh-uh. you deem and I uh Like any other, with the time kind of his own, his uh-huh. own, the best on this journey for are on. And when I look at you, I clearly see you walking. In
1: are listening to a time to love and I am your very special and very happy host tonight, Dr. Tissa Mohammed. And we are broadcasting live. It is April the sixth, and my time here is nine twenty three PM Eastern and we are with our very special guest, Brother Kali Kaye. Greetings Brother Kali <laughs> Thank you for taking this time out to discuss some of the labors of love that you put into your work and your pieces. My pleasure. Um, Let us continue the conversation. I know when we ended we were discussing the emotional responses that you get from different people Mm -hmm. regarding the work and the fact that it is um, a very great responsibility um, for you based on what you do and the fact that it was given to you, you know, um, or you were commanded to do it, Mm -hmm. you know. My question is, those of us who are out there in our different art forms, I mean, I've met many people who, when you see what they do, it is very magnificent, and then when you look at them in their own personal lives, there may be chaos, there may be all sorts of things taking place. Mm -hmm have you found that to be the same for yourself or is that something that you would want to get into? Because to me I wonder sometimes as to whether or not when someone creates, whether or not there has to be a balance of a certain amount of trials in their lives to help to bring forth more from that
2: person mm-hmm. I agree. in their art. Okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I spoke about... Um, The ego and what the ego does, yes. And the artists who 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 talk about oh, I create this and I create that, and the ego takes over. Um, If if you if you look at a person's work, and then you look at the person, and you find that there's um something doesn't doesn't match, something doesn't gel, it is because the ego ego interference what what we call art eh, what you call art is the same thing that we call we call a gift, and we all have certain gifts we all have something that um that is our contribution to the betterment of the human of, of humanity right yeah. what what i have what I have come to understand from my experience is that this thing that we call we call a gift. This thing that we that you refer to as art, it is something that we do. We put a lot of passion into it. <laughs> something that people, if we have to do it for for no money, we still do it. So it means that we give the best of ourselves for this thing. And all this thing really is, it's is the tool that a creator uses to work on us. You see that? Right. So if the ego now is interfering with that process, then you will see something like a beautiful piece of work. But when you talk to the person who produces the work, you don't see a beautiful person. And eventually you find that you may walk away from the beautiful piece of work because you do not want that energy to follow you. But on the other hand, if you see a beautiful piece of work and you find that the, the, the artist is very humble, then you would receive everything that a piece of work is bringing to you because there's no interference from the ego. You see?
1: Right. So you're teaching us ways of discerning which pieces we should really. Be connected to, um, so this is beyond the form of just beautification of your home. Um, it's it's getting into the point where you don't you want to make sure that there's beautification of the spirit, and there's an agreement on all levels of that
2: of yourself and your environment Definitely. when you purchase things. Definitely, because you see, for me, when I look at a, a piece of art, I ask myself two questions: Do I like it, or what do I like about it? Oh, if I don't like it, I mean it's okay now why why I do not like this? Because sometimes you don't like the things we see because it reflects who we are. you see, so once you ask ourselves those questions, you start breaking them down. then you see you start listening now to to spirit, you put the ego aside, you listen to the spirit, you just don't go with liking it, and that's enough because it it, it looks physically visibly pleasing. no, you have to go deeper than that. Right, And then you even sort of talk to people and say, well, I mean, who did this? Tell me about the person who did this. And that was to assist us in what we put in our homes. When I, went, when I was in Nigeria, um, a chief was saying to me that they had to do a lot of work on certain people's homes in America because they had a lot of carvings on the wall that had conflicts. And it created conflicts in the home. And the people did not understand why the home. Was so unpeaceful mm. until the person went into the home and told them to remove a lot of the stuff that was there, because you see they have these and because they like them, but they don't understand the conversation that was taking place with all these different different masks, because those that African art is a language, a language of healing. Right. So we in the West may see a piece of art, but when it was made, it was. If it was medicine, as you spoke about. If it was, it's medicine, but the medicine happens to be a mask. But it's medicine. You don't drink it, but you you you, you may use it, and it will drive away whatever it is that creates your dis your disease, as you say, disease. Hmm. See, and then you when know, all these things are brought to America, we put them in our homes, and they start conversing among each other, and there is this harmony between different. Um, quote unquote mask for different purposes and then that energy filters into your room. So that is why we have to be very careful um as to how we go about selecting things to put in our homes. Hence the the the, the Asians uh, talk about feng shui. We also have our systems where you see the thing is um we have to go back to being totally in self and then doing things from our paradigm, not someone else's, yes, when
1: you spoke about our feng shui, I know one of the names we use for our feng shui is per mm-hmm. you know and um i'm so i'm I'm thrilled to hear you speaking about this when you speak about the masks that interact with each other in our homes because you know you see a lot of people who collect masks
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and um, and mainly not necessarily um, people of color. Right. And when you go to these homes, you'll see all these masks, you know, because, of course, it's a very nice decorative piece, and uh-huh. this person went to this place in Africa and that place in Africa. Uh-huh. And my question is, can you get a little bit get more into how we can make sure that we can – select the best pieces for our homes, is it through the agreement when you come in and see that piece and say, okay, I like it, I want it, to, to bring it home, or is it something that has to be done differently? Should we actually start consulting someone who specializes in Peronc or Peroncou
2: training? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's advisable on different levels. Um, based on what, Based on what I know now, I would say yes. Um, just because of my experience when I was in Nigeria, because I was told that, um, again, you see, people are driven by money. And then you have people who really do not believe in certain belief systems. All they believe in is a dollar. So a lot of people even rub burial sites and take certain, um, certain uh, 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 mask or what have you and then bring it out to the west and sell it. But these things need to be cleansed. I use a lot of curry shells in the work that I do. And because I, I know the curry, a lot of the curry shells, are, they're recycled. So I put them through a certain ritual and I wash them and clean them if I use them. You see? So that any negative energies on them is removed. You see, so likewise, the more we know, it's the more we have, is the more responsibility that that knowledge brings. You see? So for me, now, knowing that, I mean, the first thing I do is I listen, I listen to my spirit. See, so if I see something, like if I see a particular mask, um, I may like it because it may be pleasing to my eyes, but I also listen to what my spirit is saying. How my spirit feels with this piece. But we don't always Listen to spirit. You listen to ego coming through different things. You see, because liking something has to do with the ego as well. Because it makes us feel good. But sometimes feeling good could be a superficial feeling good.
1: You know, I'm, I'm thinking about now how many people are looking around their environment with all these beautiful <laughs> masks they may have
0: <laughs> and
1: thinking... No one that has so much chaos in my life. <laughs> and I don't want anybody to run out and start pulling masks off the wall and, you know, calling their local per-onk advisor. You know, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have to really start looking at this. Now you've actually given me insight into myself because I know I've had pieces as well that now I may have to look at, you know, when I set myself up in a home again, <sighs> wow. So there you consider
2: the, <laughs> and the, the message for for yes. people is is basically this. That being the case, then do the next thing. See, all of the all of these the reason that we bring in mascots up into our home or African artifacts into our home is to realign ourselves with our Africanness. But you see we 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 have to go deeper than that. We don't have to realign ourselves with our African spirituality. And part of that, regardless of what culture you may go, you may go to in Africa, they have different um, means of having diviners. You have a person come into your home and do a spiritual cleaning of your home, which may also involve setting up an altar, which, as you're speaking about, is one of the things that Kwanzaa is all about. Kwanzaa is about realigning ourselves with ourselves. Right. It's reintroducing to us the importance of an altar in our homes, where we have, whether it's an ancestral altar, or whether it is an altar for particular uh, 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 deities, you see, it's all of these things, it's about allowing us to live a particular way, hence the Nguzo Saba, that every day, we live, you know, these principles, not just once a time, when we do it, as people do the Christmas thing, you celebrate it, and then when it's done, it's done. You see. So that's why I say we have, we have, we to go that other, that other step, because it's all about realigning ourselves with our, ourselves.
1: You've really taken this thing to different levels here tonight, because <laughs> I'm, I mean, even when you spoke about cleaning the cowrie shells. I appreciate the information that you're sharing because um, I know many times I've picked up certain items and I have not considered the depth of what I'm picking up
0: mm-hmm.
1: until I became more aware of energy recently. Mm-hmm. But you're also reminding me to go back and clean a number of pieces that I found that I could not even wear after purchasing them, and maybe that could be because eagle steps in the way
2: Mm-hmm. Or spirit was attached to the piece. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the same way, the same way, the same way. Um, in the physical world, there are people who don't like us, do not want to see us succeed. They'll do anything or say anything to keep to keep us down. It's the same thing that happens in the spiritual world. Yes, the entities that does not want to see us prosper. The entities that that want to block whatever good it is that we are doing. You see? So the same way that we can take measures in the physical world so that people doesn't interfere with our road to destiny is the same way we can do things in the spiritual realm so that entities does not block our road to destiny. You see? Uh, But until we know how to do these things for ourselves, we can employ those knowledgeably enough to come in our homes and do these things for us. You see? Yes. And the more we understand about certain things, we have to start practicing what we know. That is why I am trying to learn to, to learn Yoruba. And I try to use whatever words I know. And I know when I do that, I re- we remember more and they will come. You see? So we got to do what we know so as we get in the habit that so we interrupt what we have been accustomed to doing that doesn't really benefit us to the fullest.
1: I thank you for that advice, and um, I'm hoping we're all tuning in as deeply as I'm tuning in to you tonight <laughs> with this information. Um, are you aware of anybody in particular who specializes in Per-Unc, um training or the sacred
2: layout of our homes well, that I'm you could refer us to, or I'm not. I'm not too familiar, familiar with that term because I I follow IFA and I just know the the the, the diviners. Um, I really don't I'm I'm very particular about diviners in North America. Because I really do not do not much of them, not much of them. Um I usually go straight to maybe my Babalawa in Trinidad or the ones I do know in Nigeria. But there are different um schools of thought that we, we can go through here, you know, like we're talking to people who you may know in wherever you live. And introducing themselves to, to a spiritual divine or spiritual healer.
1: Okay. Okay. See? Okay. So then we need to go and start a Well, Jesus, that sounds like an excellent business idea for those who are more in tune with this aspect, really getting involved in that. I know for me it was about going around the home doing a lot of prayers, burning the incense and mm-hmm. you know, bringing people who had love for you in your environment. Right. But um I'm enjoying this conversation because now it's making us a lot more aware of the greater steps that we have to take in our physical, in our physical body being our home, as well as the spiritual. <sighs> okay,
2: beautiful. <laughs> and 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 to extend that a bit further, it's the same thing with locks. The same time we 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 shampoo our locks. We also have to do the spiritual cleaning of locks, you know, because yes. of, of 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 what it is. You see, so all of all of these things, we, I mean, we have to, we, we always have to keep going towards the spiritual light, because that's that's a, that's the journey. That's the journey. The locks is part of it, but many of us just stop at the locks and don't go beyond that. You see.
1: Mm, wonderful. Yes. I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm absorbing. (laughs) And, um, geez, big question. I'm thinking of children who are listening in. I'm thinking of young adults who are listening in. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thinking of people who are in tune with what you're saying. What should be our goals for enlightening and training the youth or those who are interested in developing their own art medicine?
2: Well, I I wasn't trained sure, out some years ago at a conference, and I saw something taking place that was very powerful, and I do not know if the participants understood how, how powerful it was. Um, there's an art group called Studio, Studio 66. What they did is they, they set up a, a canvas, and they had different artists coming and doing different things on a canvas. Let's say one artist came and did a face, a profile of a face. Another artist came and, and added to that, so I had at intervals different artists working on the same canvas. You see? And what I saw what I saw in that I saw I saw the absence of ego. You know, no one didn't come and, and, and say, so, okay, I did this no. Each one participated. And the end is that they okay, had a beautiful piece of work. And I took that and I developed that into one of my my uh, my programs when I do residencies. I may go into a school and I will set up a canvas and I may have a group of 15 or 20 students, whether it's students or faculty. And I say, okay, we're going to have a conversation. We are speaking through the brush with paint on a canvas. We are speaking not from the head, which is thinking about stuff, but we're speaking from the gut, feeling stuff. And people go up to the canvas one at a time. If the first person that goes to the canvas, the idea is a circle, then the next person has to connect to that circle, because it's, it's not an atlas, it's a conversation, you see, and it starts to build, and at certain intervals, I will ask them, to look at the canvas, and tell me what they feel, and sometimes they'll say, okay, I, 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 feel, I feel anger, and then I say, "Okay, that's, and that begins, the next conversation, I say, okay, now, let's go beyond the anger, because anger, is a manifestation of the ego, which is a shield for pain. So when you know that anger is actually pain, we respond differently. to people who do things to us, we don't respond in kind. we respond in a different form, because we know now they're in pain. See? So this is one of the programs I've used, because what we're doing is, we're using quote-unquote art as language, which it is, because see, no one knows what a circle means, excuse me, no one knows what a circle means to a particular person, you see. If a person puts a, a swirl on, on, on the canvas, it means certain things to them. So they, 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 they're they bringing out a lot of stuff that's inside of them that they hadn't really dealt with. So at the end of the whole pro- program, I said, okay, now look at the canvas and tell me what you see. And they see all kind of things. But the, the major thing is that, what I uh, let them understand is that, when we come into this earth, and until we leave, we leave marks. But we don't always see the marks we leave and how the marks affect other people. But in the given span of that project, this is evidence of the marks that they have left. You see? So, this is one of the programs I use for youth. And I mean, people can do it with their, with their own families. You can set up a canvas and each person go up and do stuff to it. And then you discuss. What what you see and what you feel. So it it, it helps to make communities stronger. Beginning in the community of one. You see? Because when you see how what you have done have affected other people, you have a decision to make. Which is, you have to be be very careful of what we say, what we do, what we think. Because it, it does affect other people. If it affects other people negatively, then we have to do uh, make adjustments to that. You follow? Yes, yes, yes. So these are some of the things that I do with youth, and I can see people could do it in their homes. People could do it in, do it in the schools, because it's not about art; it's about conversation, using yes. symbols, which is what language is.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. Well. It seems like this is a conversation that we could definitely have for an eternity as you open up our eyes to the different dimensions of art and I'm I'm so I'm <laughs> thoroughly enjoying our conversation to the point where I've almost forgot that we have just a few more minutes left <laughs> to broadcast and uh we have come to that golden moment where we will have to give the announcements and basically just end it at this once again, our topic for tonight's show was the art of spirit, and we had the beautiful opportunity to speak to someone who I know very well and personally, and um, he has made an impression in my own life, the spiritual artist Kali Kaye. Thank you. Brother Kali,
2: yes, can
1: you explain to us, um, just as a last-minute thing here before we get into the mm-hmm. announcements, tell us how we can contact you
2: Okay well the easiest way to conduct me is through my email which is K E Y I K O at Yahoo.com. Can you repeat that? K-E Y I K O at Yahoo dot com. It's all in the lower case.
1: Okay. Alright. So those of us who are interested in having you create a spiritual peace for them. Please get in contact with Brother Kali. Brother Kali, I thank you for joining us. Um, it's always a pleasure whenever I get a chance to speak to you. And now is the time for us to continue with our announcements and, and our program. So thank you so much for blessing us thank you, with your time. And is there any final words, are there any final words you'd like to share with our audience before we break for announcements?
2: Um. Just that we have to start looking at art the way art was intended. Art is where the healing takes place. Pure and simple. Art is where healing takes
1: place. Okay. Art is where healing takes place. Yes. That is it. And that, that is, is it. That is the instruction for this week. Art is where healing takes place. So please, people, start tuning into yourselves and let us start to open up that aspect and that essence in ourselves of spiritual healing that comes through art. Okay, I would like to make our announcements. Shalazua Secrets products are available. We have 100% natural body and skincare products as well as hair care products. In fact, we have a very popular hair care product, Shalazua's Hair Cream, which is perfect for styling naturals as well as unnaturals. So those who are interested in locking in the moisture in your very natural, beautiful hair, please contact us. We have a toll-free number, and that free three forty-six seventeen. 333 1-888-333-4617. And for Shalazor Secret, you hit extension 4. Once again, that's one 333 4617 extension 4, Shalazura Secrets. We are looking for those who are distributors or interested in doing wholesale purchases, so please contact us and get more details as to that. Earth Woman 101 is coming up, and we have the honor of hosting it in Buffalo, New York. That will be April the Twenty Second at the Langston Hughes Institute. Those who, women who are interested in attending this wonderful healing circle, please contact us again at one eight 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 three 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 forty six seventeen 888-333-4617 and hit extension 3 for Earth Woman. Once again, that's 1 888-333-4617 extension 3. We just graduated Dr. Africa's first certification class that we have had the pleasure of hosting in Buffalo, New York, and that was very, very enlightening and beautiful for the Buffalo, New York community. Now we are getting ready to graduate Huntsville, Alabama. That will be on the 30th of April. So please join us in Huntsville, Alabama. That will be at the Saba um, Dance Theater of Huntsville, Alabama. So please, if you're interested, call us on the 800 number and we'll give you more details as to that. Once again, that's going to be the Saba Dance Theater in Huntsville, Alabama. Join us for the 30th of April and show those students as much love and support because we are bringing forth healers today. Those who are interested in still certifying for Dr. Laila Africa's class in Los Angeles, California, Dr. Africa is in Los Angeles. He flew in today, and he's ready to take over more students. This is the time for you to jump in if you're interested in graduating on time, which will be May 13th and 14th. So please, if you're interested, contact us once again. I'll give you the number, one 333 4617 and that will be extension 2 for Dr. Africa. All right, we're moving on for Dr. J.C. Williams. She is going to bless us with her presence. Those who do not know should know that Dr. J.C. Williams is one of the few black Reiki masters in the world. She is going to be begin her Reiki 1 training in Huntsville, Alabama and Nashville, Tennessee, the weekend of June 2nd and 3rd. So please call or email us for your registration package. And our email address is a Phoenix the number nineteen at yahoo.com. That is A P H O E N I X R I S I N G the Number One Nine at yahoo.com. Once again, a phoenix rising 19 at yahoo.com please email us or call us at our toll-free number one 333 4617 for more details a time to love is on every thursday evening from 8 to 9 eastern 7 central and 5 pacific and of course we enjoy broadcasting with them One person that we had in the beginning, in fact, our first premier guest was Queen Afua, and we're happy to announce that she will be joining us for her global Sacred Woman Village, which is actually going to be a retreat, a womb wellness retreat for men and women, which will be hosted in Canada at the Sacred Serpent Mounds Park. And that is going to be July the 21st through the 23rd. Those interested, please contact the Heal Thyself Center in New York, and get your details, get your package for 4.95 together. The full number there is area code 718, 221. H E A L. Once again, that is 718, 221. Heal. That's the Queen Afua um, Heal Thyself Center, or you can check online at QueenAfuaOnline.com. We've come to the end of our announcements. And those who are interested in becoming underwriters for our show, please contact us at our toll-free number. We do look forward to hearing from you. And as for our beautiful, wonderful listeners who take time out of their busy schedules to listen to me talk to our many guests, I would like to thank you once again for taking this time out to join us on A Time to Love. I am once again your host, Dr. Tissa Mohammed, and I am saying to you, Please take some time, love yourself, take time for your children, your families, your friends and share some love and I can't wait to join with you next week, same time, same black channel, <laughs> innerlightradio.com on a time to love. Peace and blessings and be transformed. Peace.
0: We have time to time for oil excavation, hatred, violence, and terror love When will there be a thought to know? At this moment in time, we have a choice to It's time to pay attention.